you know what I used to struggle with? Eating a diet that's nutrient-dense enough for me to get all of my dietary needs met through what I eat alone. I am no longer a passenger on that struggle bus because one tasty scoop of athletic greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more that all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in my diet, increase my energy and focus, aid with digestion, and supports a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products or pills, because baby, I can't do it. And it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it just fits. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system during these times, and they're offering my audience a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit my link today. So you'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. <laughs> to redeem your offer, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash bewellsis. Again, to redeem your offer of one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs, visit athleticgreens.com slash bewellsis. Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. All right. Hello and welcome back to the Be Well Sis podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Dunbar, and I am joined for our holiday mini series by Brittany Horn of Revel Wellness. How are you, Brittany? Hello. Good. How are you? I am good. So if you have not joined for the other episodes, where have you been, friend? But you're here now, <laughs> so that matters. Um, so these bonus episodes are to help you navigate the holiday season. So many of us love the holidays, but it is not always rosy and can be a really tough time. So that is why we are here. We're stepping in as your holiday besties to help you navigate what can be really hard times Um for yeah, it could be hard times this time of year. So period. we exact truly <laughs> period. Hard times, period. <laughs> so again, today is part four of our mini series, and we will be discussing, excuse me, the year in review. So how to navigate feelings of inadequacy or failure that comes up at the end of the year. And more importantly, how to set yourself up for success for the new year. So mm -hmm. let's just jump into it. So do you have any end of year ritual that you do to like review your year or I don't know, something like that? No, I feel like, unfortunately, I kind of fall into this um, habit of being so caught up in the day to day or being so caught up in like, okay, I gotta get this done this week, I gotta get this done next week. Like, I'm so focused on like, just getting stuff done and moving through it that like, I don't even take enough time as I should to really sit back and assess everything that has happened, like as a whole. Like I may be able to say, oh, like last year I was really stressed around this time of year. And this year I made it a point to, you know, balance things out. All right, cool, what I have to do tomorrow? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't take the time to say, okay, how can I do even better next year? Like, how do I set appropriate goals for next year, both like mentally, physically, spiritually, business-wise, like all of the above. Um, it's something I definitely wanna be more um, intentional about, but I definitely fall victim to just kind of like, 
<laughs> being caught up in the moment with a lot of different things. Yeah. You know, for me, I find that around my birthday and then around December, I go through these periods where I'm just like doing like this inventory of all the things that I didn't do. It's not mm-hmm. good. It's so unhealthy. Um, instead of looking at all the things that I did accomplish or I did just survive, right? Mm-hmm. I, I just find time to beat myself up um, mm. about all the things that I didn't do. And typically, I find that the goals that I create for myself are not smart goals. Mm. Like, they are just these grandiose things that I aspire to do. And I don't necessarily put the state, the the foundations in place to achieve them. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And what's crazy is that my birthday's though. Yeah, exactly. So my birthday's in October and then Christmas is like in, in the end of the year is like just two mm-hmm. months away. So I spend this entire stretch just <laughs> mentally abusing myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting better now, but it's still it's still not great. Um so I don't have like a real ritual. I just like find myself like, oh, feeling bad for myself. Where do you think that comes from? Um, I think the expectations that um, were are put on me. So my parent, my mom is um, Haitian, and mm-hmm. Haitian parents have very high expectations, but they don't necessarily like give you the tools to make it happen. Mm-hmm. They just expect it to happen. So I think I've just internalized that a lot, um, and I, I think. Part of my personality for a long time has just been to achieve, achieve, achieve. And then you get mm-hmm. to a point where it's like, you've done all the things, you checked all the boxes, right? Yeah, yeah. So now I'm finding other ways to just uh, abuse myself. So for example, yeah. like I'll look around at people who've been doing what I'm doing, who've been doing it for years. And then I'm just like, well... I'm not doing well because I'm not where they're at, but they have been doing Oof. it for five years more, longer than I have, right? Preaching to make choir. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's this this insanity that we tend to live in a lot of times of like giving ourselves these unrealistic expectations and then being upset when <laughs> they don't get achieved. It's like, oh no, like, I'm terrible, and it's like, no, sis, you just. You said you could fly tomorrow, but you don't have any wings. Like, right, right. And it it's takes just time. not possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, definitely resonate um, with like having unrealistic expectations and a shaky foundation. And, but still, just for whatever reason, feeling like, well, that's just how it's supposed to be. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, it's, it's tough. I think also social media doesn't help because, like, deep down, we all know that whoever we aspire to be like or to be on their level or to have their success, we know that they likely have been doing it for a longer amount of time mm-hmm. or they just have different support systems and yep. networks. Like They just have different circumstances than we have, right? Yep. But what we see when we like refresh our, our For You pages or our pages on Instagram is we see all of we see their highlights, right? Yep. So what we're constantly seeing is images of people who we feel are doing better than us and who are just living great lives, but we're not seeing all the behind the scenes stuff, which we right. know is happening too, you know? Yeah. Um, I think 
Oh, sorry, go ahead. No. Oh, I was just going to say another thing, and I actually just talked to my therapist about this uh, this week in terms of like being down on myself for not reaching the same level as certain peers, you know, and she made it a point to me to say, you know, like how often, like what, what does success mean to you outside of what you've seen from other people? And I was just kind of like, hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know because she's because her theory was that I am looking at other people and seeing what like a version of myself, like basically attaching myself to other people and saying, oh, okay, like I want to be like them. And so since like they're doing this thing, they're in this retailer, they're, you know, getting mm-hmm. these awards, like that's where Britney should be. And since I'm not there yet, I'm kind of like, in, instead of charting a path forward to a, a, my own, you know, in destination. Instead, I am looking at somebody else and then looking back on myself and saying, okay, how can I reroute or readjust so I can make it to where this person is? Mm-hmm. And she said that can cause a lot of internal conflict and confusion because I am kind of basing who I am, what is right for me, what good looks like, what success looks like for me based on what I've seen of other people. And so not only, like you said, we don't always see the behind the scenes of what other people are dealing with, or like we don't, it's, we don't have the same background or same experience or just, you know, we're not the same people. So of course we're not gonna have the same experience. Like it can cause like that internal, like turmoil to just kind of compare yourself to other people versus focusing on, you know, yourself and what you truly want, like outside of everything else. Like imagine if you had never seen anyone else's story, you know, mm-hmm. what, what would you want for yourself? And I think that was like a big eye opener because like, like you said, we scroll on Instagram and you just, you just see so many people doing so many things. And so it's really easy to get caught up in that and say, oh, this person's getting a lot of attention for doing this thing. I got to do this thing. Yeah. Or like this person's blowing up on TikTok. I got to get TikTok. Like you're just, you're ping ponging so much trying to keep up with everybody else versus really grounding yourself in what, in, in, and figuring out what you truly want for yourself and and just focusing on that. I think the more we can have that self-awareness and just focus on what we truly want without the distractions of other people, the the more at peace we will be and the the less hard we'll be on ourselves. Yeah, I agree. But I also think that sometimes seeing, at least for me, I find that seeing other people's successes are motivating for me mm-hmm. because sometimes I don't I don't know what's possible unless I true. see it and it's like Very oh true. wow like you can do that that that's a thing to do and it might be motivating to like aspire to but sure. to your point it is also tricky because you can't be focused have too many focuses because right. then you're doing nothing you're focused on nothing like you know what I mean like you end up spreading yourself too thin trying to do that thing and that thing and that thing so that way so where does your real your attention truly lie right yeah and I and I totally agree I definitely feel like it's important to see other people's journeys and to see what other people have um have accomplished as motivation but I think the tricky part comes into where you don't feel less than because you didn't do it the same way or you didn't reach that same level like that's where motivation turns into comparison you know and so now it's having a negative effect versus a positive effect you know instead of 
pushing you forward. It's, it's causing you to doubt yourself and want to give up sometimes. Yeah. So I definitely think there's a, a balance. And again, I think, I think the more work you do on understanding what you truly want, then it's easier to look at other people's successes as motivation rather than you looking at yourself as you're not, you're not measuring up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So true. So, so true. Um, so I think what we have in common is that we have like critical inner voices. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you've learned um, through therapy or just through life experience, like trial and error, to kind of quiet the the loud inner critic? <sighs> I think it's been one. It's it's been in the beginning. It was a lot of just trying to push past it of like hearing it and believing it, but still moving forward. You know what I mean? Like the inner voice will say like, who are you to be doing this? Like, you don't, you're not going to be good enough. No one's going to want to buy from you. This is going to fail. But then having that uh, other part of me, that's just willing to, all right, well, well, we'll see if I fail. You know what I mean? Like we'll keep going until there's absolutely no way to keep going. Um, I think also I have certain people in my life who are really good motivators and who really help me confront those feelings. Uh, like my one friend, her name is Brittany. She She's the first person that kind of inspired me directly to like have a business because, mm-hmm. you know, she's a black girl with, with, you know, kinky hair like me. We were working at the same company and um, she had her own head wrap business. And I just happened to see her like bringing in an order to one of our coworkers, like in a conference room. And I was like, wait, that's you? You know what I mean? Like it was one of those things where I, and we kind of got closer after that as well, but like, I'll call her and say, and she's always been very super supportive and telling me like, I can do it. I can do whatever. Like, cause she's very fearless in that sense. Right. Um, and so she was super inspirational to me, but like, I would call her and say, Britt, like, I'm so afraid, like of failure. And she's like, well, what does failure mean? And like, why are you so afraid of it? And I said, well, like, what if no one buys my stuff? And she's like, what if no one buys your stuff? And I'm like, well, then no one bought it. And she's like, and? <laughs> but, and like, I'm just like, what do you mean, and? Like, that's the worst thing in the world. She's like, Brittany, if no one buys it, like, you make something else. <laughs> she's like, you just, you just move on and find something else. Like, it's not the end of the world. You don't have to stop. You just, okay, that didn't work. Let me try this thing. And I think hearing someone put it so plainly, and hearing it out loud and hearing me voice my fears out loud, it's kind of like being afraid of the dark, right? You're just afraid of the unknown. Like, and Mm -hmm. so we know, like you turn the light on, you know, there's nothing there, but like in our minds, when the light is off, just kind of start to run with all these imaginations of like, ah, like Mm -hmm. it's scary. Um, And I think her kind of shining the light on how my fears, like, although, you know, it's reasonable to be afraid, like they're really, it's really not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think doing things like that, kind of confronting um, that inner voice a lot of times, um, surrounding myself with people who both validate my fears and share my experiences, but have also continued to move forward and who also um, validate me. Honestly, like I've had you yourself included, like I've had several people um, come into my life who understand what I'm trying to do and who support me and uplift me um, and remind me that, you know, I'm doing this for a reason and, you know, I can't give up. Be Well Sis is very much an advocate for therapy and I believe that you don't have to be in crisis in order to seek help and get support. Life is complicated. We all wear many hats and sometimes it can be overwhelming. 
Starting therapy years ago has been pivotal in helping me be a better mother, daughter, and partner. It's truly been a game changer in how I view myself and the world around me. So Be Well Sis is proud to be sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy platform whose mission is to make professional therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient. So anyone who struggles with life's challenges can get help anywhere and anytime. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in as little as 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash BeWellSis. That's BetterHelp.com slash BeWellSis. Yeah, I, I um I agree. It's is super important. It goes back to um you mentioned I think in the previous episode how community is so important. Mm-hmm. So I believe that for me the reason that my inner voice is so critical is because I literally heard that voice yeah. growing up, right? So I think we have to do work to hear other things so yep. that we can reprogram our brains and our minds um, to be more positive to each other. Um, one thing that I, my therapist has taught me is to ask myself, well, what else is true? So mm. whenever I say something really critical to myself, okay, so what else is true? Um, from like, oh, like, dang it, I still haven't, I've been trying to do this thing. I still haven't done it in months. I said I was going to do it and I haven't done it. Okay, so what else is true? The truth is probably that life is happening. I'm a mother, I work, I'm a daughter, I'm a wife. Like there's other things happening. So I went on one person. So to give myself a little bit more grace. And that's another thing too, is I try to speak to myself the way I would speak to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, because the way I speak to myself, like my baseline is just... I would never speak to my worst enemy the way I talk to Mm. myself. So now I try my best to make my inner voice my best friend. So when I'm talking to my best friend, I I hope I'm uplifting. You know what I mean? I I hope I'm really like pouring into her. And whenever she is insecure or stressed or sad, I'm not going to make her feel worse. But no, try to remind her that like life is hard. You're doing your very best and you're doing a great job. And I have to, and I've started to like talk to myself like that as well. Is it my baseline? No, <laughs> um, but I've been proud of myself and that I've been able to catch myself. And I'm trying to like mm-hmm. start to keep myself already down. I'm like, hold on, I'm doing my best. That's <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to be enough for now. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I think that's amazing. I think, I mean, it's so true that like we tend to talk to ourselves in a way that's so critical and just mean where we would never talk to our friends like that or even strangers you know what I mean in the same mm-hmm. way we would never we would we are quick to give other people's other people grace as opposed to ourselves and I think the idea of changing my inner voice to be my best like me speaking to my best friend that's a really good idea I've never thought to to do that um I, t- I tend to, my defense mechanism to when like that inner voice creeps in or like if I am like kind of replaying a mistake that I made over and over, I tend to kind of just like blurt out 
gibberish to kind of like break that train of thought. So if I'm oh, like, oh one. man, like, oh, I should have did this or I didn't say this thing when I should have said it or so stupid. And I'm, like, I'll just like legit like burst out and verbally yeah. say something out loud to just break that uh, train of thought. And I think another thing that I learned too um, from uh, my therapist is that feelings are not facts. I think that's another mm-hmm. big thing that I've come to realize because like a lot of times that inner voice comes from those insecurities, comes from those feelings of self-doubt um, and, and uh, comparison. And so it's really, you're, I think even psychologically, your brain, when you think a certain thing, it will seek out things in reality to kind of connect the dots and, and like, yeah, yes. and, and make it a reality mm-hmm. in your mind. So like, let's just say, for example, if you're like, oh, like it's such an awful, like, every day has been a sucky day this week. Tomorrow is going to be a sucky day too. Like if you just kind of speak that out, like you'll find evidence. You'll, yep. Yes. Like literally you'll go outside mm-hmm. and be like, oh, there's trash on the street. Mm-hmm. People littering. This is awful. Like you just kind of like, <laughs> like latch on to something random, you know, that like, had you gone in about it in a different way or had a different outlook, like it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have affected you the same way. So I think uh, going back to what I was saying, like recognizing that feelings are not facts, your feelings are valid. Like don't ever, mm-hmm. don't ever um, dismiss your feelings, but understand, I think that connects to what you were saying, like what else is true, right? So like, you may feel this way. Okay, sure. But what else is true? Okay. I feel like I messed up last week. What else is true? Well, I'm still here this week and I have the opportunity to do better next time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like always combat those negative feelings with like a positive outlook or a positive mm-hmm. um, spin on it, on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I I also will say this, if you are feeling down um, or any negative experience, like a negative feeling, right? It is okay to also feel those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Just don't stay there. I have learned that it's okay to take a pause, take a beat, you know, and like sit down. And if something really bad happened or something that you, you felt was bad, like happened, it's okay to really feel those feelings. I am the type that because of the way I was raised, like super Christian, like you have to think everything, everything happens for my good, even though it looks really terrible right now. Right. Um, And that you should always be grateful, even though right now, like deep down, you're having a hard time being grateful. I would try to like trick myself Mm -hmm. and I don't think that's healthy either. So what I'm trying to, to do, what I've been learning to do and practicing is experiencing my feelings. I'm not a robot, right? Right. Um, We all have these ranges of emotions for a reason because we're human. It's just important to not stay there. Mm -hmm. So if we experience disappointment, it's okay. Feel the sadness, feel the hurt, feel the disappointment, experience it. And then we need to get up at a point. We just can't stay there forever. Right. Um, So sometimes you may have to ask yourself that what else is true like five minutes or 10 minutes, maybe even a day from now. Um, and just to get back on it. One thing that I appreciate that Beyonce said, and I get it, she's Beyonce. She has like the world at her fingertips, but it stuck to me when she said she doesn't feel sad for 20, for more than 20, either 24 or four hours. I I appreciate that. It gives some perspective. Like you can be sad for the whole day or upset about how things didn't go your way in a meeting or in Mm -hmm. whatever you think you're doing. It's okay. Now let's let's tomorrow we get a chance to start anew. Yep. So 
what are we going to do to improve our chances of being successful the next time? Because the next time will happen. And right now I'm talking to myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> like the, the chance is going to come again. How, in, how am I going to prepare myself in the meantime to succeed next time? Because yeah. as long as you are here, you have breath, you have health, like there will be a next time. Mm-hmm. So instead of like wallowing in my self-pity and or kicking myself while I'm down, that's not helpful. It's not productive. How am I going to be better for the next time? Right. And yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it's It's hard. Um, sometimes it's oftentimes it's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's all about practice. And I love that my therapist always says practice. And she's just like, everything is literally practice. Mm -hmm. And it made it so much, um, it made a, it was like just a good reminder that honestly, like, yeah, we're adults and yeah, we're doing this thing called life, but we're really just practicing. Like we do something one time and it doesn't work out. A, that's data that of why it didn't work out. And it was a practice try and yeah. then we'll practice again. And then when it's successful and it succeeds, whatever we define successful as, that was the actual try, yep. <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah. It's all about perspective. Agreed. Yeah. And it takes time to kind of build that perspective, right? Because like you kind of have to go through certain life experiences and like experiencing certain people and just events to kind of get you to that point where you're like, all right, enough is enough. Like I'm not gonna allow these things to make me feel so bad, you know, about myself. Like you, at the end of the day, you're in control of how you react. You may not be in control of what happens to you, but you are in control of how you react and how you want to handle it moving forward. Yeah, for sure. And I had a thought the other day and I was just like, you know, we are not in control of what happens to us like all the time. Mm -hmm. Some things we can't control, a lot of things we can't control, but it's our responsibility, fortunately and unfortunately, to like heal from it Mm -hmm. and to take steps to fix things that were like fix the wrongs that were done to us or that happened to us in our in our circumstances. Um Sometimes that's a little bit daunting, but I think at the same time, it's like empowering that like, I I can control some things, yeah. right? And how I react to things and my perspective, that's that's all me. Yep. So There's a lot of power in, in acknowledging that and recognizing that too. Because I think a lot of times we feel helpless or we feel out of control. And sometimes you have to step back and be like, no, like actually I am. Like, I think you had mentioned, I don't know which episode it was, but you were saying how like, I'm the adult now. Like I, I take <laughs> care of myself. Like I am in control of how I handle certain things. And just because, you know, something else happened to me, it doesn't mean I have to just allow that to take over my life, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, the next thing that I kind of want to touch on is if you have any rituals that help you at the top of the year to help you set your year up for success. I think I mentioned this earlier that I don't have, sadly, I, I suck at consistency. I suck at kind of like setting myself up um, with certain goals. I tend to just react a lot to okay this didn't work let me change this like immediately rather than you know kind of kind of like giving it time 
to to sink in and kind of like gather more data if that makes sense mm -hmm. um and mm -hmm. then kind of come up with a whole plan for the year there are definitely things that i've said to myself that i want to improve in general um like throughout this whole year i've been saying to myself but i haven't i don't haven't developed a ritual um around setting those intentions however i will say that um something that i really want to do especially now that we've uh talked about this is um something my therapist had told me was i need to create a space for myself to set these intentions because I've, I've spoken to her about how I, I struggle with um consistency and kind of like um discipline actually and you know she just mentioned like i need to kind of create a sacred space in my home where it's like that is my space i can go to in my mind it can be open to kind of setting those intentions because like right now i'm in a spare room that used to be my office and there's just like stuff all over <laughs> in this place and i keep telling myself like oh like i need to turn this into that space but i've just been avoiding it because i'm like oh i can focus on this or oh i don't know where to start or i don't want to clean it up but like I do really want to set time to be like, okay, let me actually make this into a comfortable retreat for myself, like get some nice furniture, get a nice rug, like hang up some decorations. Um, so that way, like it feels like mine and it feels personal to me because everywhere else, you know, in my home, I was shared, you know, with my husband, you know, yeah. and he even has his own space. Like he has his room that he, um, you know, does whatever, <laughs> but I don't necessarily <laughs> have my own space, you know, that's just for me. And so um, I think I really want to work on a creating that space and b creating those rituals um, and setting those intentions within it. I love that. I love that so much. Um, the, the power of like knowing that this is like your sacred space and just the intention behind it, mm -hmm. it is super, super important. I, I appreciate that. Um, I don't have any rituals per se that help me to set my goals. But one thing that I am working on is being more intentional with my time for myself. Mm -hmm. I can always make time for other people, but I will always cancel myself or cross, my, cross myself off of my to-do list. Mm -hmm. And I need to be more intentional about spending time just doing things for me, not my business, not my children, not my home, not my relationships, like just literally just what find what makes me happy and indulge in that and really seeking joy and creating joy. Because um, I, I think one of the things that bring me down like mentally is monotony yeah and so i need to figure out ways to break up my days my seasons my months like all of that to constantly be renewing my mind and i think in that that will help me to be more creative in my endeavors right um not only creative like in the traditional sense but like creative as like how can i go about things to get the like different ways to go about things to get the impact or to get the result that I want. Mm -hmm. um, this opened up my mind a bit. Um, no, yeah. I agree. I a thousand percent agree because I feel like it's, I think that ties back to what I had mentioned earlier about how like I like having things to look forward to. And I think, mm -hmm. and, and also like new things. So like, I think it's so easy to kind of get into this routine of like day in and day out. And it makes it harder to kind of like break out and and like focus on creating those moments of newness mm -hmm. or like like you mm -hmm. said changing the changing of seasons like i think there's a reason why like 
you know, there's like all these things that go along with the certain holidays outside of capitalism. Like, I think there's like right. a, a reason to it, you know, and like, um, it just gives people a way of, of separating from like the, the day in and day out. And I think um, that's something I want to do too, is like start to kind of like break, break up the days or break up the quarters mm -hmm. in, in ways that kind of symbolize some kind of new beginning or just change of energy, change of season. Cause I agree. I think that it definitely does help with creativity and just shifting your, your mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll say one more thing. Um, that kind of piggybacks off what you were saying too is I, I watched this TikTok. I'm always on TikTok. And <laughs> she, the girl, she is autistic and she um, has ADHD. And she was saying, listen, if you have ADHD, you cannot be functional um, on a dopamine deficit. She mm. means that you cannot, she's like, I look for fun in everything that I do. I make it fun. She's like, you know, I'm in medical school right now and I don't like, my, my preferred method of learning isn't through auditory, but I have to show up to class. So mm -hmm. she's like, I bring a full spread. I like to eat. So I eat <laughs> during every single class because that keeps me happy and that helps me stay kind of engaged. And I've learned that also through my son. I'm not sure if he has ADHD, but I'm like loosely diagnosing mm -hmm. him. Like he needs to find fun. Like he is a pleasure seeking. Mm -hmm. And when you make things fun for him, maybe it's just that he's a kid, but whenever you make things fun for him, he um, is more willing to do it and to do it well. And I feel like that is such a, a good example in a way. I think because we're adults and we have responsibilities and, yeah. and things like we've been taught that you got to be this way and mm -hmm. like fun is at the very bottom of your list but i think we need to figure out ways to like have fun in the monotonous times and in the the mundane right yeah. Yeah. um and i think that will bring us more success um whatever that looks like i think for me just being more joyful that in itself is a success like that's mm -hmm. success for me so yeah, yeah. And that's important. And I think, yeah. I mean, if, if your son has ADHD because he likes to find like pleasure in things like in that doing, making things fun for him makes it more enjoyable and makes him do it better and well. I have ADHD too, <laughs> because I always like <laughs> tell my husband, I'm like, can we like turn this into like a game? Like, can we like make this mm -hmm. more of like a thing? Like even going back to when it comes to cooking, like the idea of like trying a new recipe, like that's exciting for me. It's like, oh, like let's look for this thing or let's figure out this, like let's go on Pinterest and pick a thing. Whereas he's very much like, uh, whatever. <laughs> but I'm like, no, like, let's make it like a thing. Like, I, and like, I've just come to realize like the more I can make the mundane, like, and almost like an adventure, if that makes sense. And just like, cause like I am an adventure seeker. Like I love like just being able to like experience something new um, and I think that's kind of what I try to tie that back to, or I need to do it more, but like try that, try bringing that back to like regular things that I have to do as an adult, <laughs> you know, that I like, yeah. I just, like, I have to do it, but at least like I can make it fun in the meantime. Yeah, for sure. Um, this was good. So thank you so, so much. Um, I hope you guys um, got something from our experiences and what we've learned in therapy and just life on how to A, silence that critical inner voice mm -hmm. and just how to set yourself up for success, whatever that means for you. Um, so yeah, so thank you so much for joining. If you have listened to all 
four parts of our holiday mini series. You are a real one. Yes. And um, yes, <laughs> and you'll be better for it. I have a feeling I know you'll be better <laughs> for it. If you haven't already, please leave us a five star rating and a review on whatever um, podcast listening app you are tuning in from. And don't forget to visit Revel Wellness and get yourself and your loved ones um, some beautiful puzzles that feature beautiful Black women yes. created by um, beautiful Black artists as well. Exactly. Um, yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, I will always have um, both of our social medias in the description of the episode, as well as um, where to find Brittany, follow her, purchase from her, support each other, friends. Um, yes, and all that good stuff. So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, so, so glad you're here. Until next time, be well, sis. Bye. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Sis podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis. say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.